Chapter 13. Letting Go Often, when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. Fred Rogers She dove in head first. I taught her everything I knew. She followed every piece of advice I gave her, and her business went from zero to $150,000 in one year. She used to make one twenty a night as a dancer. Needless to say, Erin turned out to be a real natural at real estate. She was even named Rookie of the Year at the company we worked for. Watching her shine made me feel incredibly proud. Then my entrepreneurial light switched on again. Why don't I create my own team, I thought, and make her my partner? And that's exactly what we did. We set up a home office and became the Patrick Group, ChrisPatrickRealty.com. Aaron now manages our growing team and has been integral to its growth and success. It helps that she loves being her own boss as much as I love being mine, I told you we have a lot in common, and that she was able to pick up the real estate business as well as she did. She teaches and coaches the other agents on our team as well as agents for our parent brokerage and other offices and around the country. It's been eight years now since I got my license, and we've sold well over $100 million in real estate. We've even invested in the parent company of our real estate brokerage, and we've invested in homes of our own. That is, Aaron and I have bought and sold six homes of our own in the last four years. My proudest moment came, however, when I was able to purchase a home for my mom. I actually bought mom's house before I bought my own. It was a dream I'd had for as long as I can remember, and to hand her the keys to her very own home was surreal. She cried her eyes out. Being so solvent sometimes makes it hard for me to believe that it was not even a decade ago that I was struggling to make the rent each month. I mean, the worry used to consume my days and nights. But no more. I haven't stressed over money since locking in my mantra and deciding to take responsibility for my future. And I truly believe I owe a lot to those visualization exercises. Had I not diligently practiced envisioning a future filled with ever-growing success, I don't believe I would have ever managed to achieve the level of financial and personal success that I have today. Dreams developed, dreams dashed. That's why I was so grateful when, in 2019, I got a chance to meet Mike Dooley, the man whose teachings changed my life. Aaron and I attended a workshop he had in Reno and signed up for the VIP roundtable discussion with him after the event. It was a full-circle moment for me as I got to tell him and everyone there how he changed my life. I think this was the first and maybe the only time my wife has seen me tear up a little. It was very emotional for me. There's a famous saying, more like a warning, don't meet your heroes. This is because the people we put on pedestals often end up being so disappointing in real life. Real dicks even. But not Mike. He was so cool when we met him. We actually ran into him in the elevator at the hotel on the way to the conference. We got to talking and he turned out to be a super down-to-earth and personable dude. Aaron and I still practice manifestation exercises and believe that it's thanks to them that we were recently able to move into a brand new million-dollar dream house. It's a real beauty and custom-built for us, so it's everything we could want out of a home. We put an end to our moving days and it's the place where we are putting down our roots to raise a family. Because that was the next dream we were working on making into a reality, parenthood. By now, as you've already guessed, Erin, my amazing wife and partner in everything, is the same Erin whose interview about the adoption process you read about in Chapter 6. Her story is actually our story, and it continues here. After deciding that adoption was the best route to achieving our dream, we began going through the domestic infant adoption process. 
We were matched with an expectant mother around the same time I began to work on this book, so I anticipated being able to write about the successful adoption of our baby by the time I reached the end. But I had just begun writing when, once again, the shit hit the fan. After months of building a relationship with the birth mother, who had agreed to place the child with us and taking her to checkups, appointments, and dinner, Aaron discovered through social media that our match was not intending to place the child for adoption at all. It was a scam. A scam for money and emotional support. This heartbreaking discovery hit us both hard, but even more for Aaron than me. I'd never seen her so crushed or defeated. She would confess to me later that it had made her feel as though there had been a death in the family. As we dealt with our disappointment and feelings of betrayal, I returned to working on this book. In doing so, I found myself reflecting all the more on my life's journey up until the present. The setback with the baby, I realized, was just another shitty roadblock on our road to happiness. It would and could be surmounted, just as all the previous shitty roadblocks had been before it. Despite my sadness and frustration, I was also consoled by the realization that at least this time I hadn't lost my home or my job, and I wasn't starved for either food or companionship. Best of all, I had Erin. Together, I knew we could weather any storm. Her presence made a huge difference in my life. Whatever happened to me in the future, I knew that as long as she was by my side, I could call myself a success. She wasn't just my wife, she was my partner, and the most loving friend a guy could ask for. She would also make an excellent mother. That's why I hated seeing her fall into such a deep depression after having her dreams smashed to bits. She couldn't even rally her spirits on Thanksgiving Day since she had anticipated our spending it with our new baby, Jameson, the name we had picked for our child, whether it was a boy or a girl. The day after the holiday, we sat down together for a heart-to-heart -heart and agreed the wallowing in negative feelings was not going to get us what we wanted. We will get the baby that's meant for us, I insisted. But in order for that to happen, we first have to let go of the baby that wasn't meant for us. After this dark and painful conversation, she agreed and promised to put the past behind her and start fresh in the morning. The very next day, the phone rang. What about you? Is it time for your second act? Have you been working hard at something, even something that you've done well at for the last 10, 15, 20 years, but have yet to get as far with as you have wanted or had planned to do? Is it perhaps time to try something new? How do you know when it's time to let go of a dream? Yes, Aaron was able to quit her job at the burlesque show because I was making enough to cover the two of us. Still, that didn't make her decision an easy one. Dancing and entertaining was what she knew. She kept herself in shape for it. She loved learning her routines and knowing when she had nailed her performances. It gave her a sense of pride, a sense of satisfaction to know her shit and to do it well. And basically, it was the only career she had ever known. So how did she know when it was time to leave that dream behind? What prompted her to draw the line? Self-respect. Erin saw that she wasn't going to get a fair chance to do a job she knew she could do well. She also understood that if she didn't stand up for herself in that instance, she would be signaling to the powers that be that they could walk all over her. She decided she wasn't going to let them control her career or make her feel badly about herself. So she walked. It was one of the smartest moves she ever made, besides marrying me, of course. When she walked away from the first half of her professional life, she walked into a new beginning. She left herself open to trying something new and completely different. And that receptivity allowed her to give real estate a try, something she turned out to not only be good at, but great at. What about you? Are you in a place where your profession is no longer serving you? How are you feeling about yourself in the career you're currently in? 
After reading this far in the book, are you feeling invigorated about boosting your career and envisioning a greater future success in the line of work you're in? Or are you inspired to go after your dream more than you ever had? Or are you feeling let down by your dream, beat down by the man? Have you fallen out of love with your career? Erin had no idea that she'd be any good at real estate, but she'd been watching me for a while. And like I said, she was naturally smart. She and I both thought that with the proper training, she could do it. And we were right. Do a self-esteem check. Your dream job or career really shouldn't be making you feel like shit about yourself. If it does, it's not your dream job. And just as you are stronger than you know, you are smarter than you know. It could be that, given the chance, you can learn to do a job you've never even considered before and do it better than some people who've been doing it for years, a better job than the one you are doing now that you have lost love for. The key is to find it and then really apply yourself to learning it. Be open. That means keep your eyes, your ears, and your heart open to new possibilities. When you make a move that reinforces your own self-respect, you're definitely moving in the right direction and priming yourself for better things. Sit and think. Do you need to move on from the job or career you have now? Do you feel good about yourself doing it? Is there someone you know, a friend, a spouse, or another family member in a line of business that you have never considered before that you could consider now? Why not give it a go? If that friend or family member is an expert in their field and willing to show you the ropes, and it's something that could build your self-esteem and your bank account, it could be worth a shot. Erin took her shot, and it landed her in the tax bracket of her dreams. With that, and feeling secure in her marriage to me, she realized it was finally possible to adopt and support a child. But when that dream was snatched out of our hands, she held onto the memory of that lost adoption as if it had been her one and only chance at happiness. Her unwillingness to let go took a toll on her mental health and even put a strain on our marriage. Once she learned to let it go, just as she had her dancing career, she unblocked herself from receiving the good that was coming to her. I'm a big believer that once we accept not getting what we want and release our stranglehold on it, we actually end up not only finally getting what we want, but often getting something much, much better. Do you want to achieve your dreams, but only in the way you want? Or are you open to the possibility of receiving much, much more? Some people call this letting go. You might see it more as showing the universe you're ready for the next phase in your life. Others say it's living with intention. Why not write down your intention? Something like, I'm ready to receive the life of my dreams in its best possible form and in the most perfect timing. Put this someplace where you can see it every day. Maybe on a door you walk through each day so you can read it and say it to yourself each time you step through. Whenever you say it, mean it in your heart making a real effort to let go of what you think your success is supposed to look like while strongly believing that it will happen for you. Then go about your business, do the work, treat yourself and others with respect, and don't forget self-care. Then watch the magic happen. For Erin and me, it happened the day after she released the heavy burdens of feeling betrayed and disappointed and replaced them with the very real intention to instead be at peace and move forward. At 3 o'clock that afternoon, our social worker called. You have to let the situation breathe. An interview with Aaron Patrick, part two. The story of how the universe gifted us with our daughter is a wild and wonderful ride. When we left off, you and I had come to an agreement about how to move past the deep disappointment of the failed adoption. Yes, you and I learned a lot about each other during that difficult time. I think going through something that painful can either truly make or break you as a couple. And to be honest, it brought us almost to our breaking point. 
Not that we were going to get divorced or anything, but it was really, really, really trying. But once we finally opened up and said the things that we knew could hurt the other and tried not to take them too personally, it was the greatest thing that we could have ever done. For each other, for our marriage, for our situation. Also, I realized that ever since we were first matched up with the expectant mother so early in her pregnancy, I got really caught up in preparing for the baby. I was going to every appointment, buying this and that for the baby at every and any opportunity. My entire world became this baby, and it was like I forgot you in all this. It was definitely not on purpose, but I just kind of went tunnel vision. And even though we were super disappointed and saddened by the failed adoption because you really wanted the baby too, you were also thinking, oh my gosh, did I just lose my wife too? So we had to have some really, really hard talks that were uncomfortable, but I'm grateful for them and even very, very grateful that the match ended up failing because it brought us through probably one of the worst times in our life as a couple. And it gave us the opportunity to be vulnerable and honest with each other and to communicate even though it was difficult and painful. And the biggest thing I learned was how much support I have in you, even though I already knew you were an amazing human being. We have an even stronger bond because of what we went through together. You were even able to pull me out of my depression. So there was a gift in the failure. Do you think we would have gotten to this point in our relationship had you not gone through that failure? It's hard to say. There will always be challenges to a couple's relationship, really. But I don't think we would have this deep of a connection this early in our marriage had we not gone through this horrific tragedy together, no. What advice would you give to someone that has gone through something similarly tragic or a traumatic event, or who has had their dream crushed? So it's interesting when people ask that question, because it's so much easier to see once you've come out of it, and so hard to see when you're still going through it and you feel like your world is ending. But the advice that I would give to anybody whether they're going through an adoption situation or something is not going the way they want it to, is this. You have to let the situation breathe. It's easier said than done, believe me, I know. But you have to just let go and let God or whatever you believe in take control. Everything is being set up for you so that you can achieve everything that you want. And if you continue thinking about your goal in the most positive of ways and basically tell yourself, this is going to happen, I know that this is going to happen, and keep manifesting your dreams, it will happen, and sooner than you think. But if instead you continue to think negative thoughts, like, why is this not happening for me? Why can't I get what I want? All that the universe can hear is not, and can't, and don't, and won't, and you'll be blocking all the yeses, cans, and wills from getting to you. So the takeaway is, try not to focus on the negative, especially in tough situations. Try to stay as positive as you can, and think of things other than, why isn't my dream coming true? If you sit every day with your thoughts, it can be a good thing if you are focusing on the positive. But if you're dwelling on the negative, it's only going to break you in the end. When our baby match started off so well, I really thought it was our time. That we'd been put through enough in our efforts to become parents, but God said, no, you haven't been through what you need to yet. You have to go through this pain to get to exactly what you want. You'll see. And did you? Yes. On Saturday, the very next day after I'd promised to put my disappointment behind me and to forge on, we got a phone call. Apparently, just a few hours before I'd made my resolution, a little girl had been born at a local hospital to a woman who hadn't even known she was pregnant. She wanted to place her child for adoption as soon as possible. So if we wanted her, they told us, we could have a daughter as soon as Monday. The timing of it all was kind of ironic, wasn't it? 
Well, ironic is an interesting word for it. It was certainly humbling. It makes me laugh. Do I think if I'd gotten over the failed adoption sooner, our situation would have ended differently? Probably not, but it really was a beautiful turn of events, I will say that. And it's like the universe was waiting for me to just let go. And once I finally did, it said, Okay, now I'm going to give you everything that you wanted. 